Hello, and welcome to the RP HealthCast by Rooney Partners. I'm your host, Jeffrey Friedman. As certain parts of our country have reached a plateau in terms of their infection rates from the coronavirus, we're turning our eyes towards returning to work and achieving some sort of normalcy in our daily lives. But how can we do this? How could we return to work without having a vaccine or without faith that when we emerge from our homes that we're gonna be safe or that we won't harm the most vulnerable in our society? Our guest this week is Edward Baig. Ed was the national tech journalist for USA Today for over 20 years. And prior to that wrote for Business Week, US News and World Report and Fortune Magazine. Today, we're gonna be talking to Ed about ways in which the country can get back to work. We'll talk about the intersection of healthcare and technology and new applications being developed for contact tracing. And we'll discuss what contact tracing is all about. We'll also talk about what sort of privacy concerns are there with this new technology, concerns between the public and private sectors, and what are employers' responsibilities and rights. It's all very fascinating, new questions and issues that we're going to have to deal with that we never thought we'd have to deal with. Ed, welcome, and thank you for joining us today. Good to be with you. Great. Now, before we get started with today's topic, which I'm really fascinated about, I want to talk about you for a second. Now, you've been a business journalist for, dare I say, 40 years, right? And a- yeah, I started when I was seven. <laughs> <laughs> and But for 30 years of that, you've been covering technology and the developments. And over the past 30 years, it's incredible. You've witnessed up close and reported on really the technology revolution. I mean, what a career. Now, who among like the technology business leaders, I'm, I'm such a geek about technology here, so I, I love this stuff. Who have you interviewed and, and, and watched and, 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 and written about that you admire the most and, and why? Well, there's, it's probably the obvious list. Uh, pro- the biggest names that are out there. I've talked to Steve Jobs. I've talked to Bill Gates. I've talked to Jeff Bezos. Uh, uh, you know, I've talked to people like Richard Branson, uh, a lot, you know, a lot of a lot of well-known people who I've uh, interacted with through the years. Um, you know, it's not going to surprise anybody that these probably in their names, because in, in working certainly at USA Today for 20 years um, and, and being a personal tech columnist and reviewer, you know, I was um, among the initial four people who got the iPhone ahead of everybody else. Um, back when it was first introduced. Um, uh, so I've interacted with, with, with all those leaders. You know, I remember talking to Jeff Bezos when the Kindle came out, the first Kindle, uh, certainly through the years uh, in talking to Bill Gates about lots of things Microsoft did before he moved on uh, and other, others as well. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting people, but, the, you know, they're the big names for a reason and their companies have obviously made a huge impact for a reason. Not always good, but but a lot of good. I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall with that. And uh, now that we're on like iPhone uh, 11, 12, 13, that, that was yeah. a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Time flies. But uh, the I mean, I certainly, uh, you know, I was wowed like a lot of people were by the initial iPhone. But, you know, I would be lying if if I knew it would have the impact that it ended up having, you know, so. 
Well, technology has changed and uh, it's, it's the adaptation. And what's interesting, so we're a healthcare podcast. I head up uh, medical communication so that the ability to combine this technology and, and healthcare technology uh, is a professional passion. So I, I love what I do. And obviously this is a very timely topic, uh, the, the yeah. convergence of healthcare and technology. So given the efforts underway right now to harness a, a credible digital process for surveilling against the coronavirus, I'd like to develop our time that we have to explore some of the technological solutions being developed and deployed to identify, either identify people with COVID-19 or to identify hotspots in different areas. Now, last month, Google and Apple, they announced plans to develop an API for contact tracing. Yep. Uh, big, big word right now, uh, contact tracing. I guess that's two big words. Um, <laughs> can you explain what this is and, and how it works? Yeah. Um, well, I should probably say right off the bat that uh, both Apple and Google would rather you, you talk about it as exposure notification because contact tracing sounds kind of scary and, you know, big brotherish and all that. But basically what's going on here is, is, is these two big rivals are teaming up, Apple, Google, and uh, they're developing, as you mentioned, uh, a solution that, that is trying to determine basically who has the virus and who might have been exposed by it. Basically what it's doing is it's using Bluetooth uh, wireless technology that we're, most of us are familiar with to sense nearby smartphones. So, um, if, if you happen to come in contact with anyone else who might have been exposed to the virus um, over, over the past two weeks, um, you'll get a push notification that, that you, know, you or they've been potentially exposed. Now, this is completely voluntary, um, and, and I'm sure we'll get into this, but it, you know, there's all sorts of privacy security questions raised, not only about what Apple and Google are doing, but about what everybody else is doing here because there are other solutions. But basically, that's, that's what's going on here. It's using Bluetooth to sense nearby smartphones um, to see, you know, if you may have test, you know, if you test positive, you enter the results. Hopefully, the person, other people you come in contact with have done the same, and you may get a notification that you've potentially been, been uh, exposed. So, you know, they started out, they're starting out with an app, right? An app yep. you could download for the phone. And, and it's obviously completely voluntary that if you download it. But I understand that they're building into the iPhones and, and the Google Android phones, basically into the operating system, yep. this, uh, this technology. So, you know, you said you didn't, they didn't want to talk about it because it sounded, you know, in a certain way, because it sounded big brotherly. But at the end of the day, it is big brotherly, right? I mean, the data sure. privacy protection, that, that's tricky yep. stuff, right? It's very tricky. I mean, this is going to raise all sorts of trade-offs, let's face it. You know, um, we're fighting, uh, obviously, a devastating uh, virus. And people are going to have to make that decision for themselves. Am I willing to give up some privacy, potentially, uh, or not? And um, and again, Apple and Google have been very good about this in terms of talking about privacy and insisting this privacy encryption is, is involved here. Um, we mentioned it's voluntary, but, you know, there are questions and certainly around the world, um, you know, we're seeing efforts in China and elsewhere um, where the government's asking people <laughs> to, 
you know, download these apps or, or what have you. So, you know, it, it, back in February, the New York Times reported this China began requiring residents in 200 cities to download this healthcare code app that automatically would tell the locals whether they needed to quarantine or not. Now, you can argue both sides of that. Okay, it helps tame potentially the spread of the virus, but what are you giving up? So those questions are, are always going to be there, sort of right, you know, it's right there. It's, it's a trade-off. Well, it's a trade-off of the public need versus an individual need. Correct. Right. So it's, you know, definitely a public health situation. Now, what about even private to private? So if you're a large employer, yep. right, can you mandate, mandate this for employee safety concerns? That's another tricky one. I know, you know, Price Waterhouse has been beta testing, you know, an enter- enterprise grade system that, that they're adding to corporate apps, uh, uses Bluetooth as well as Wi-Fi to determine sort of, as I understand it, you know, literally where employees would be within a building in terms of proximity to other employees. Um, that's a tricky one. You know, I, I can only imagine that there's potentially a backlash here. Again, I think everybody's sort of in this boat, right? We're all concerned about this. So I think most people probably will be willing to, I don't want to say give up their privacy, but at least maybe a little bit more wiggle room on some of this stuff. But also at the same time, wary, you know, do you want your boss, do you want your bosses to know um, your health history? I don't think so, you know, or are people going to get, you know, put in different groups. There's been efforts about, you know, different tiers. Well, you're you're at risk because you're above a certain age or you're at risk because you have some underlying health condition. Do you want your your bosses to know all that? Do you want your colleagues to know all that? And then what happens when you leave the building? You know, there's all sorts of, okay, it's great. You can track me in corporate headquarters or wherever you are. What happens on the subway on the way to work or when you're out, out of the building? You know, are the you know, I don't think they're going to trace you there, but, you know, there's, it's just a big can of worms here with a lot of this stuff. Yeah, I, I think, you know, in terms of baby steps, right, for we had we have these electronic key cards that yep. open our door. Right. Yep. But that tells management where we are and what doors Correct. we went through. And so we've already given up, I guess, a little bit of that privacy in terms of the location aspect but this certainly takes it to the next level yeah and that's you know what happened after 9-11 things changed you know you 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 know you now have to show your id when you go into a corporate setting or or walk through you know go through one of these uh with your key card as you mentioned or whatever so you know that's that's changed our lives and and for the most part we've all gotten accustomed to that my question let's say some of these, uh, you know, enterprise systems are implemented in some way or another. What happens when we finally get past the pandemic? Is this going to be permanent? <laughs> you know, do we go back to the way it used to be or some combination? I suspect we don't go back to whatever whatever was quote unquote normal before. Right. It's not the, in a full way. If the technology is built into the operating systems of the phones, they're not going to take it out. No, they're not going to take it out. And you're and your employer is probably going, oh, you know what? I, I like knowing where <laughs> so-and-so is during the day. Is, is he or she really working? I, I don't know. Again, I don't, I don't want to, you know, assume the worst here. 
But again, I think people will be on edge, and I think privacy watchdogs in particular will be keeping will be keeping a close eye on this stuff. Definitely an interesting uh, discussion and debate about uh, your rights as an individual versus the rights of the society. Yes. And even take it one step further. You know, I know that there's a, a company in Israel uh, called WaveGuard, and they've taken this privacy or knowing where you are even to the next level. So if you are uh, determined to have uh, the coronavirus, you are then supposed to be, you know, in, in quarantined. So what they're doing is they're tracking, correct me if I'm wrong, but they are tracking these quarantine people in real time to ensure that they're quarantined and they're not leaving their space. That's, that is my understanding anyway. And again, I, I don't know, um, I'm not close enough to it to know what's going on in terms of the reaction from, from the locals there about this stuff. Uh, again, it comes back to this core discussion that we're having about how much freedom pe- people have or are willing to give up. And again, you know, I, I think people will self-quarantine if they're in a situation where they need to. But are you, you know, there's a difference between, I guess, self-quarantining and being told <laughs> you better do this. Uh, it, it's just tricky stuff. All for the better good of society. I guess. Uh, That's the <laughs> goal. I mean, we all want to we all want to do what we can to keep, keep safe, keep our family safe and obviously defeat this thing. Absolutely. Now, moving away from contact tracing apps a little bit, based on your experience and your research and, and just being in the field. What else is out there in terms of technology or health tech that you find interesting right now? Well, I think a lot of the efforts, you know, one of, you know, we, we keep talking about the cell phone and Apple, for example, has done a lot with the uh, built-in health capabilities of, of not only the cell phone, but the smartwatch, their Apple watch, you know, they've done some interesting uh, heart studies. The, the app, the, the watch has an ECG or EKG, depending upon how you refer to it, that can detect uh, AFib, um, you know, which is basically an irregular heartbeat. It's got limitations, but they've done studies with with uh, Stanford, as I believe, and and certainly with Johnson and Johnson. So we're seeing now this, you know, the the stuff that a lot of us wear every day. Certainly, the phone in our pocket, wearables and such. You're seeing more and more of a link there in terms of of health. Uh, you know. Uh, so that's one thing. The other thing that's going on with the, with the coronavirus, and this is not going to come to surprise with anybody, is all the telehealth stuff, you know, that people are doing now because you can't visit the doctor in person unless it's a real dire situation. So everybody's doing telemedicine. Um, and, and so we're relying more and more on technology uh, and personal technology uh, for, our, for a variety of health reasons. And, and, and it's interesting that it's, it's being actually coordinating, coordinated into studies with universities and with uh, companies like Johnson & Johnson and others. Now, being that you've been there from the beginning, you know, certainly with <laughs> Apple and, and the iPhone, not the beginning of time. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, uh, it's I, don't, not... it wasn't, it wasn't there with Adam and Eve. Uh, or, <laughs> I don't think they had an iPhone then. All right, how about Apple and Eve? All right, there so let's say Apple and Eve. Yeah. you were there for the first uh, iPhone. The acceleration in 
I guess the, the technological advancements have been astounding, right? So, yep. you know, the, we used to make the analogy of chip sizes shrinking, you know, in half every few months type of thing. I, can you make any bold predictions of anything <laughs> that we're going to see in the future, near future? Oh, gosh. Um, well, there's a lot of certainly interesting efforts being done with everything from artificial intelligence to, you know, something called quantum computing and, and all of this. Uh, making predictions only gets you in trouble. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I, I, I will say this. I, I think that, it, you know, I had done a story a couple, now a couple of years ago. Uh, Pew had done a big study on AI and would, would, um, would the human race basically be better off through, through artificial intelligence by the year? I think it was 2030, which isn't as, as far away as it, once sounded right. now that we're at 2020. So 10 years out, would we be better off or not uh, based on, uh, you know, advances in AI? And they, and they asked all these experts, and, you know, from business and academia and, and what have you. And basically two thirds of the people thought we would be better off, um, but a good solid one third were concerned. Um, and, and I, actually it ties back into our earlier discussion. They're concerned about some of the things we're talking about, privacy and security, and what are we giving up, if anything, along those lines. So, uh, but, but, but I think the benefits, if, if I was, if, if they asked me to take that survey, I would probably lean more on the positive side of it as well. I think, think for the most part, we have ways, we will work these things out as a society uh, as long as we're careful. And I think, you know, certainly health and, and, and healthcare will be a big area. It's already benefiting from advances in AI and some of these other technologies, machine learning and whatever. And I think that's only going to accelerate and continue in the future. So, and, you know, one of the questions that I had asked, even talking to IBM about this technology called quantum computing, which is basically, it, it's kind of hard to explain, but but the shorthand is it's, you know, exponential advances in, in computing. Could this have somehow helped solve COVID-19 kind of before it got to this point? Um, I don't know that it could, but you do question or, or question in a good way, can some of these advances in technology help deal with the future pandemics? Um, and, and I think there's real potential there for breakthroughs, but Again, there's no panacea, unfortunately, either with technology. That's very true. And I'd love to actually, you know, have you back in a, in a, in a few months. And we'll talk about more of the convergence uh, between technology and healthcare, and sure. hopefully before the computers take over. Sure. So. And hopefully by then uh, we'll, we'll be in a better state with, <laughs> with COVID-19 in this situation we're all in right now. Yeah, from your lips. I, I hope so. So thank you so much for your time. This has been so informative and, and, and interesting. So thank you very much, Ed. Absolutely. We hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or future story suggestions, please reach out to us on social media or email us at rphealthcast at rooneyco.com or visit us on our website at rooneypartners.com forward slash rphealthcast. Additionally, if you like what you hear, please follow us, review us, and share us with your friends and colleagues. Thank you, 
and we hope you enjoyed the RP HealthCast.